Welcome back, Creatures of the Night, to episode 47 of the Collecting Dead Man podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Zeman, and want to welcome you back to another week of talking Undertaker merchandise, memories, and more. And if you have not done so, please subscribe to this podcast and leave me a five-star review wherever you can. Follow me on Twitter at CollectUpDead and on Instagram at CollectingDeadMan. I hope you are enjoying uh, what I'm putting out there each and every week. And if you wish to uh, uh, watch my watch-alongs um, as I record them, uh, follow my YouTube channel, Collecting Dead Man, as there will be plenty of watch-alongs coming up in the near future. As you know, if you have listened for the past couple of weeks, the watch-along schedule is still moving along. I still have Eamon Condon going to be coming on soon to start the look back at the live WrestleManias he has attended from WrestleMania 29 to 34 to give us a first-hand account of witnessing some of Undertaker's more memorable WrestleMania matches in the past decade and also giving his experiences in you know not only seeing the streak break but also seeing the final streak match of 21 and 0, watching the Shane McMahon Hell in the Cell match, and Undertaker's resurrection against John Cena at WrestleMania 34. So, plenty of memories to go back with him, so I'm anxious to start that. Also, this month will be Randy Turco and myself will be taking a look back at Vengeance 2001, where The Undertaker captures the Hardcore Championship. Um, and then, as you know, uh, starting next month, we will be taking a look back at Undertaker's gimmick matches. Uh, don't know which one we'll be starting off with, but whichever one we choose, it will be taking a look back at all those match types before moving on to a different match type. So we have endless watch-along options uh, to go back uh, together and look at that. And of course, Canaanite 10 is still in the pipeline as well to continue our look back at The Undertaker and Kane story. Uh, our next is a double feature, which will be looking back at Undertaker and Kane's casket match on Raw the day after Judgment Day. And also Survivor Series 1998, where the brothers do battle trying to get their hands on the WWF Championship, which has been vacated for over two and a half months at this time. So lots of fun things coming your way, and um, I hope you'll be sticking around, not only on the podcast platform, but also watching them on YouTube as well. But that is enough self-promotion for this week. As always, we are jumping right in to Tales from the Grave as we do each and every week. So let's get episode 47 started off. Tales from the Grave. Now in Tales from the Grave, that's why I talk about my favorite Undertaker memory, my or my favorite video game memory, a figure hunting memory to go along with it, and then we wrap it all up with any Undertaker news or any Undertaker figure news that has happened in the past week or so. Now February, it is not only the month of Valentine's Day, but it also is the month of the Elimination Chamber this year, 
and also in years past it was the month of no way out uh, but we're gonna circle back to Valentine's Day just for this week and talk about WWE slash WWF Valentine's Day cards and I remember as I was scrolling through eBay looking through looking for you know just Undertaker merchandise in general uh, something popped up that caught my attention and that is WWF Valentine's Day cards and this is like back from like 2000 2001 I believe and I vividly remember having these and I think I passed these out to classmates back then as well uh, because that's when you had to give Valentine's Day cards to everybody in your class uh, so I remember I think I passed these out uh, this along with I think Batman Valentine's Day cards because I'm cool um, but I remember having these and I just remember you know it's like it's such an odd thing to incorporate The Undertaker and WWF superstars in as such as Valentine's Day cards because you know they have those corny sayings on them um, and I don't even know what some of the sayings are but I just know I just remember it being corny it's you know it's cheesy stuff and um, it's just fun to think about you know the WWE and even The Undertaker specifically being tied to Valentine's Day to do some kind of promotional uh, you know some promotional uh, tactic in order to get the general population noticed of wrestling and you know during the Attitude Era wrestling was red hot as I have said many times on here they were slapping their logo they were slapping superstars faces on basically everything that you can possibly think of and Valentine's Day cards uh, were no exception and um, I thought it'd be something fun to talk about this week as I look back at different types of Valentine's Day cards and this is something that they still do to this day uh, I think 2020 or 2021 was the last time they did these Valentine's Day cards uh, which is, you know, just a year ago, two years ago even. But um, I think Undertaker was last uh, on a Valentine's Day card set like in 2018. I think they were still putting him on these. And they would have, you know, different types of designs. They would have, um, they would have sometimes even without sayings or they would have it be... Uh, lenticular design so you can like, it changes faces so they're like... They like make it more attuned to different generations. Make it on instead of just a plain card. They have a card that has a design, or a card that has a gimmick to it. And of course, Undertaker is being featured in 2012 series, 2015, 19, as I said. So it's something that continues even to this day. Not only with the WWE marketing their superstars on Valentine's Day cards. But also marketing the Undertaker himself on these, a, a character that is most not associated with Valentine's Day. Uh, but I just thought it was fun, you know, I just found it on eBay one night scrolling, uh, looking for stuff. And I thought this would be something fun to bring to uh, my listeners' attention. That the Undertaker is featured on multiple WWE Valentine's Day cards and Valentine's Day card sets. 
and I have the vivid uh, memory of definitely getting the WWF ones when I was um, in grade school and passing these out to classmates. Um, I just remember The Rock, I remember Undertaker, I remember Triple H for some reason, Kurt Angle I think I had on them. Um, it's just it's just fun. It's just a fun memory to look back at and that kind of mixes with the um, the figure hunting memory of it as well. It's just fun to like think back and remember all the crazy, ridiculous things uh, I bought or had my parents bought for me when I was a kid. And also trying to get my classmates uh, into wrestling as well vicariously through Valentine's Day cards. Because as I have said multiple times on this podcast, many of my friends were wrestling fans. Um, they knew of wrestling, they knew of The Undertaker, uh, but it, it didn't hurt to try and persuade other friends to become wrestling fans and, you know, broaden their horizons and get them noticed, uh, get wrestling noticed to them uh, by giving them Valentine's Day cards with wrestlers on it. Uh, so that's what I did as a little kid. Um, I don't remember if it worked. I don't remember if I uh, had my friends uh, become any new wrestling fans or not. But it was fun. You know, you try to get weird designs, uh, fun Valentine's Day cards, something out of the ordinary to give to your classmates. And wrestling at Valentine's Day is definitely out of the ordinary because I can't think of anything more ridiculous or over the top than incorporating wrestling and The Undertaker in Valentine's Day. Uh, so if I happen to pick up a pack of Valentine's Day cards in the next coming week or so, I will definitely share them uh, on here on the podcast, share the corny, cheesy sayings that I talked about because I know they're on there um, with my fellow listeners. Uh, so that is probably something I will have to buy for res uh, for research purposes for the podcast, uh, just to see what kind of you know kind of garbage sayings they print on these cards and attribute them to the superstars. Uh, especially want to see what they print on the Undertaker's card. Uh, that should be fun. So definitely something I will end up buying just for the purpose of seeing what they printed on his card. Uh, but yeah, that is the Undertaker memory and um, hunting, figure hunting memory or school memory of the week. Uh, I figured it'd be something fun to tie in to the first week of February here. Um, but as as I mentioned, it is Hel Elimination Chamber Month this year for the WWE. And to commemorate that in Taker's Mark later on in the episode... Uh, it will be Elimination Chamber Month here on the podcast. And as you know, Undertaker has participated in three Elimination Chambers. We have three weeks until the pay-per-view. So every week leading up to the pay-per-view, I will be talking about the three Elimination Chamber matches that the Dead Man has participated in. But that is later on for Taker's Mark. As we get into Undertaker figure news, Legends Series 14 came up for pre-order this past week on Target's website. Uh, you were able to pre-order two, uh, at least two of every uh, figure. That is China and Road Dog in their DX Army outfits, Mean Mark Callis, 
and Edge, who is the chase. Now, I was able to pre-order two Mean Marcellus figures. Um, more than likely, it would probably uh, end up with me canceling the pre-order or it being canceled by Target because I will probably end up finding it in the stores before the pre-order is fulfilled. As I have seen on social media, uh, what these pre-orders mostly entail. They hardly get them first. The stores end up uh, usually getting the, um, the series before the pre-orders are fulfilled. So hopefully I have good luck in finding Mean Marcellus before the pre-order or and even if it's after the pre-order, if the pre-order is able to be fulfilled, that's great. Uh, more than likely the boxes won't be in mint condition, so hopefully I have some luck in the stores. Um, but yeah, that was some that was something un, unexpected and fun to find out this week that the Legend series is up was up for pre-order. Hopefully everybody out there who was looking for Mean Marcellus or any other legend from the series was able to pre-order them. Um, but uh, if not, as I have just said, the stores usually get them, end up getting them before the pre-orders are fulfilled anyway. So that is something to look forward to. The ringside exclusive Undertaker still is not in stock. Uh, but they did say early February, so we still got another week that is still considered early February. So hopefully it comes in stock soon and gets shipped. Uh, so I can give a good review here on the podcast. Uh, I am looking forward to that, especially the packaging. Ringside always does great uh, exclusive packaging on their figures. Um, but nothing else in terms of Undertaker figure news. In terms of Undertaker news, he was backstage uh, at the Royal Rumble. Uh, as, as you've seen on my social media, I reposted the photo that WWE took of Bad Bunny and the Undertaker backstage. Uh, Michelle McCool posted some backstage photos this afternoon of of Undertaker and her uh, and their kids um, helping her in the ring and posing on the ramp. Uh, so it was nice to see Undertaker, you know, in a backstage role. Uh, of course, as I talked about uh, last week, Undertaker did have a signing in Texas. Uh, so it was great to see him out there with fans, you know, as he does signing items and um, just getting to know his fans as I have talked on here many times as well as my experiences meeting him as well have been nothing but the best. And uh, hopefully it's been the same for the fans that have met him this past week as well. But yeah, it's kind of a... a a slow week in terms of Undertaker news. Um, the only thing else of other other importance is that Victoria um, talked on a, uh, another podcast about how she credits the Undertaker with coming up with her uh, Black Widow gimmick in the WWE and into TNA. Um, he told her that she reminded him of the Black Widow pool player. And she ran with that, adding spiders to her uh, gear designs, naming her finishing move the Black Widow, and just uh, dyeing her hair dark black to match the gimmick. And she said that the under she credits the Undertaker with saving her career and making and making that uh, known to her about what it reminds him of. 
so that's that's always cool to hear stories like that from fellow wrestlers of how Undertaker was there looking after them and giving them ideas and tips and pointers on how to make their characters work. And Victoria is uh, one of the one of the best uh, women wrestlers I remember seeing uh, growing up as a wrestling fan. Uh, she still continues to be a favorite of mine to this day. Uh, I loved seeing her return at the Rumble last year. Um, she's always been a favorite, so it's cool to have, hear that story that she has a connection to The Undertaker in that way. Uh, but yeah, other than that, no other Undertaker news, no Hall of Fame news, nothing in that, uh, uh, anything like that coming up. So if anything uh, drops within the next week, you know I'll be talking about it on next week's episode. Uh, but until then... Uh, weekly purchases is a collapsible segment this week. Um, nothing has come in the mail. No luck finding anything in any stores. But I am going uh, toy hunting tomorrow at a local toy store. And um, if I find anything, I'll be sure to uh, post it on my social media and talk about it next week in weekly purchases. Uh, but uh, easy on the wallet this past week, which is always a good thing. Uh, not so good for the podcast, uh, but uh, we'll see what next break brings us. But it leads us right now into Taker's Mark, where we kick off Elimination Chamber Month. Taker's Mark. Yes, it is Elimination Chamber Month for the WWE and thus, that means it's Elimination Chamber Month here on the podcast. Because as you know, I like to coordinate what's happening in the wrestling world in terms of the uh, pay-per-view events, uh, to coordinate with memories of Undertaker's past pay-per-view events as well. And we have three weeks, like I said earlier, to the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. And that is excellent timing because we have exactly three Elimination Chamber matches that The Undertaker has participated in. And we're going to go chronological order. So today we start with 2008. The first Elimination Chamber that The Undertaker participated in, in No Way Out. 2008, it was the uh, ability to earn a championship match at WrestleMania 24. So at the Royal Rumble 2008, you know, John Cena wins uh, at entrant number 30, uh, exactly one year after The Undertaker was victorious at entrant number 30. Uh, But John Cena uh, punched his ticket to WrestleMania, claiming a uh, shot at the WWE Championship. So this elimination chamber was for the SmackDown superstars trying to earn a World Heavyweight Championship match at WrestleMania 24. Of course, the title was held by Edge. So this elimination chamber uh, consisted of The Undertaker, Batista, Finley, Big Daddy V, MVP, and The Great Khali. Um, This match is most known for Undertaker tossing MVP from the top uh, chamber pod onto the uh, ring. It's remembered for that... uh, amazing tombstone reversal that Batista was slamming the Undertaker into the chamber cage 
and Undertaker reversed into the ring, picking Batista up into a tombstone to solidify the victory. Uh, of course, as me and Keegan will eventually get to this match later on as we take a look back into Undertaker and Batista's rivalry, it comes down to the past year's best rivalry. The two rivals that have been fighting for almost, for over a year right now. It comes down to Undertaker and Batista as the final two uh, to earn a shot at the World Heavyweight Championship. Because, of course, the other four were complete garbage. Uh, you're not going to have Big Daddy V, Great Kali, MVP, or Finley uh, fight for the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania. McMahon would probably have a stroke before any of that ha- would happen. Uh, but of course, it would come down to The Undertaker and Batista, the rivals who have been fighting for a year and a half at this point. And uh, that awesome, awesome tombstone spot. Um, if you have not done so, check out this match on Peacock, or I'm, I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube. Check out that awesome tombstone spot if you don't remember it or you have not seen it yet. Uh, it's a fun match that the Undertaker... I love Undertaker in these gimmick matches, as we'll get to with, um, probably with the uh, Watch Along with Randy uh, Turco later on in the gimmick series, but... I love Undertaker and Hell in the Cells, in cages, in elimination chambers, because it's that character is made for this type of environment, that he can use anything and everything at his disposal. He can use you know glass, steel, chairs, weapons, anything in his dis- uh, at his disposal, in order to brutalize the opponents. And, of course, having The Undertaker locked in a chamber pod, just waiting to get his hands on somebody and um, getting his hands on another superstar out there so he can punch his ticket to WrestleMania. It's just the visual, and we'll talk about in next week and the week prior, the visual of Undertaker in the pod, staring down his opponents. Uh, It's a perfect mind game. Much like his entrance, it's a perfect mind game. That he's looking your his opponent straight in the eye. He's locked in this pod. You know he's coming out at one point at this match, and that builds the anticipation for the crowd and for the people watching at home. You want the Undertaker in this match. You want to see who he's going after. You want to see him eliminate people. You want it to him to come down to him at the end. And it does here. It comes down to him and Batista. He takes it. Um, And much like the Royal Rumble the year prior, it was his first Royal Rumble win and his only Royal Rumble win. This is Undertaker's first Elimination Chamber victory, and it will turn out to be his only Elimination Chamber victory. Undertaker would go on to lose the next two uh, chambers that he's involved in. Uh, but not without putting on uh, heck uh, one hell of matches in between. As we'll get to next week, 2009, we have an instant classic between Undertaker and Triple H at the end of No Way Out 2009's Elimination Chamber. And of course, Undertaker defends the World Heavyweight Championship at Elimination Chamber 2010, uh, where he fights Chris, where it comes down to him and Chris Jericho at the end. 
And it's only with Shawn Michaels' interference that sets up the streak and career match at WrestleMania that we get the Undertaker's uh, defeat um, in that match. But of course, you know we'll get to all those get to both those matches in the next coming weeks. Um, but this week, uh, Elimination Chamber, No Way Out 2008. Give it another watch if you have not done so or have not done so in a while. I am looking forward to going back and revisiting this match. Um, I love when anything where The Undertaker wins and punches himself a, a pathway to a championship match or WrestleMania. Uh, it's always fun to relive that. It's fun to relive the nostalgia and the memories of watching this live. And if the Royal Rumble is the beginning of the road to WrestleMania, then the Elimination Chamber is the first speed bump on that highway. And what a speed bump it is, especially if The Undertaker is waiting for you at the end of the block. Um, but I am excited to uh, take a deep dive into the next two weeks and the next uh, two Elimination Chamber matches. And I am sure that anybody listening would love to revisit No Way Out 2008. Let me know what you think about this pay-per-view. Let me know what you think about the Chamber match. And if you have any uh, memories of watching this live or watching this recently, um, let me know on Twitter at CollectUpDead and on Instagram at CollectingDeadMan. I would love to know your memories, uh, what you remember about this pay-per-view, what you like about this match, and if you're just watching it for the first time after hearing it from me or just watching it for the first time in like a 10 years or since it premiered because of this podcast, let me know that as well. I always love hearing people's stories about these pay-per-views that I go back and revisit as well. And of course, an, an Undertaker figure that is best suited for this uh you know, this year of The Undertaker, you know, I would go with any Ruthless Aggression Jacks uh, Undertaker figure. I would say the WrestleMania 24 series Undertaker from Jacks is best. Um, I think it even matches Undertaker's skull logos in this Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. I believe he has blue or purple logos in this uh, Chamber match. And I think the WrestleMania 24 uh, Jacks Pacific series has the purple or blue logos as well. So I always like to pair a Undertaker figure with the match I'm watching, uh, if it's possible. Uh, but of course, if Mattel is your thing, uh, unfortunately they haven't done this era of The Undertaker yet, this 2008 Ruthless Aggression Undertaker. So Mattel Elite Series 1 is always the best bet because it's right after um, this version of The Undertaker's two demon skull tights. You got the demon skull and the uh, TX Rosary logo. But definitely WrestleMania 24 from Jax. That uh, Undertaker figure um, is the best suited for this Elimination Chamber. Or if you're lucky enough to have that Elimination Chamber playset that came with a bonus Undertaker and Edge figure. That one's pretty cool too. Uh, still looking for that one. Uh, but I'm sure that would match up with today's episode or even next week's episode of No Way Out 2009 as well. 
So that is it for Taker's Mark. Now let us move on to Buried Alive, which is my favorite segment of the show. Now in Buried Alive, we take a weird or what the F piece of Undertaker merchandise, we bury it, we drag it down to hell, and we place it onto the ash heap of Undertaker merchandise history. And this week we got a different piece of merchandise. We have a WWF Power Pens Cyclone Pen. Uh, it's, a, it's a WWF pen which has Raw is War printed on the uh, pen itself. It says, spin your superstars into the ring. Only the strong survive. Comes with two WWF Superstar Cyclone discs. And hey bozo, it writes, can you? Uh, this particular version of the Cyclone pen has a Stone Cold Steve Austin and Undertaker Cyclone discs. And it's on the back it says it's the ultimate spin kick how to load and launch the cyclone discs. So they give you like four steps on how to make this pen work, which of course, if this is for, probably geared towards a kid. Uh, a kid is not gonna read through four steps of how to make a pen work, uh, especially not a cyclone spinning disc pen. Uh, they're ripping the pen out of the package. They're gonna mess around with these discs. They're gonna probably break the discs off uh, you know and hopefully the pen writes hopefully the you know these probably these cheap dollar store pens you don't even know if the ink is gonna write you don't even know if the pens gonna work but I'll tell you what the directions are no step one unlock the discs so that they're ready for action step two you rev up each disc by twisting it in a clockwise motion. Hopefully kids know what a clockwise motion is. Uh, twist four to six times to get them really wound up. Step three is pound the first trigger to spin out the first disc, the middle trigger to launch both discs, or the last trigger to send off the second disc. And four, watch the ultimate spin kick in action. You can pick a fight, Kane versus Triple H, The Undertaker versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, and this is the best one, The Rock versus Val Venus. Because when I think of top stars of the Attitude Era, Val Venus is the, definitely one of the first names that come to my mind. Or you can even mix them up. Um, yeah, so they give you four steps on how this thing works. Uh, I'm not even sure how this thing works. And I'm just reading through these steps here. So yeah, this is definitely convoluted and more steps than the, a pen should have, uh, especially especially a gimmicky pen. You know, if it's just for, geared towards kids, you would just hope they'd have just like one button and the, the things like spin off it or like propel off it. Uh, but if you have to, you have to wind these things up in a clockwise motion, uh, press like, three or four different triggers to get these things to shoot. Uh, yeah, kids' attention span is not gonna be good on this thing. And this pen will probably not last long in this world. I can definitely see this thing being broken. I can see these discs being like 
ripped off the pen. I can see the pen probably not even working uh, if you get this thing. Uh, but yeah, totally, definitely something they can uh, could have improved on, could have made the uh, action easier with just maybe one um, lever to click. But they have also different lines of World Wrestling Federation power pens. You have, of course, the Cyclone pen, a Power Punch pen, which I don't think was uh, even released because Kane and I 10 and myself noticed that it was Kane on the back here so we tried to research that and it doesn't look like that one was ever released but another one that was released is a tattoos pen and I can tell you right now that's probably next week's buried alive uh, item because that is marketed with Undertaker in mind so that's probably be next week's buried alive item so if you can't wait to uh, know what a tattoos pen is be sure to stop by next week as you'll as I'll give you the rundown on that one. But the WWF Power Pens Cyclone Pen is what gets buried alive this week, and I think for good reasons. Um, I really can find so many ways to improve on this, and I can just tell you how many pens I bet were broken, how many Cyclone discs were ripped off, and how many parents were probably annoyed with the kids trying to set this thing up. So that gets pushed to the ash heap of Undertaker merchandise history for this week. Uh, but that is it, Creatures of the Night. Episode 47 is in the books. Please make sure to follow me on Twitter at CollectUpDead and on Instagram at CollectingDeadMan. Check out my YouTube channel, Collecting Dead Man, where you can find all my watch-alongs my figure huntings, my unboxings, and everything else in between. And I hope that you will subscribe to this podcast and leave me a five-star review where you can. And be sure to join me here next week, same Taker time, same Taker channel, as we keep rolling down that highway towards Death Valley. And as I say each and every week, we keep on rolling, baby. Until next time. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Collecting Dead Man. Please continue to subscribe and leave us a five-star review where you can. Follow me on Twitter at CollectUpDead and on Instagram at CollectingDeadMan. Check out my Linktree page so you can find the links to all my merchandise stores, where you can find wherever this podcast is available, and where you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. Hit the like button and subscribe there as well. Please continue to support this podcast in any way you can. And until next week, Creatures of the Night, keep on rolling.